0: Start, I guess. Okay. Um, so if you just want to say your name and what you do and then okay. we'll crack on from there.
1: Okay so I'm Tracy James. I'm a life coach, career coach, team leadership coach, all sorts of coach. All the coaches. From down the road from you. Yeah. Weber.
0: Maidenhead represent. <laughs> um, so we met at a, a mind event organised by tabitha yes um, and yes um who, who does tuneless choir and maidenhead and various other things um and yeah you were very kind and actually just came over to me and spoke to me whereas you i think i had one own. person speak to me prior to that which is <laughs> <laughs> like super awkward um no but i did actually end up speaking to a lot of like good people but you were one of the, the first people to chat to me and uh yeah i heard we briefly briefly spoke about um kind of mental health and mm. then you said you'd be keen to be on the podcast so here yeah. we are um so before we get cracking into anything I always like to ask guests do they have a particular quirk or something strange that seems strange that they do and actually if someone else hears it, they'll be like, oh, I do the exact same thing as well.
1: Yeah, so I made the mistake of asking my husband this question because I I know one that I'm aware of, which is I have to eat food in even amounts in my mouth to balance it out. Uh So if if that's Maltesers, so it's even numbers of Maltesers in um, each side of your mouth, but if it's just like normal food, I have to kind of alternate what side I chew on I
0: have, that's I've heard that before as have well. you yeah Good. I can't remember who said that but I remember when I was a kid I used to when I was bored and eating I would put like a spoonful of like sweet corn in my mouth and then a, a spoonful of mashed potato and I would imagine them having a war <laughs> who a would win boy, yeah I don't know I guess you <laughs> whichever one finished first was okay. the loser but, yeah.
1: I guess I think sweet corn would win that because they've got that kind of outer layer that yeah you just hard can't get shell rid of for days mm, mm, yeah
0: yeah so they would be the winner there. Um, so what's your current understanding of mental health, and has has that changed, say, in the last ten years?
1: Mm, yeah, interesting that you ask it that way because. I've been reflecting on this and yes I do think it it's changed a lot Um, certainly my relationship with it as well has changed I think where I'm currently at I'm really not liking the term mental health actually because I just think we don't call it body health
0: yeah like yeah I guess well no we don't really call it it wouldn't be like a whole encompassing physical health but like how's your wrist if you've injured it not how's your physical health yeah. yeah so
1: i just think i think some of the words that we're using at the minute just aren't aren't sitting quite right with me and in the in the same way that your body gets ill it gets broken it gets damaged i think your brain can as well but mm. we almost the way we label stuff that happens in our brain almost feels very terminal yeah um, whereas we see body health as more transient um, so I guess, you know, where the way I'm looking at it and certainly with the work that I do, I kind of think you can get phys- physiotherapy for your brain in the same way that you can get physiotherapy for your body, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I'm also aware that there are other types of um, illness that you can have with your brain that are that are more, more terminal, that are yeah. more serious. But I think the rest of us are pretty much on a scale. And that's transient. You know, my, I would say my mental health when I was a teenager, for example, was very poor, Um, but it was more around kind of depression and self-esteem and relationship with food that then changed in my 20s where I became kind of workaholic, dependent Mm -hmm. on a kind of very work hard, play hard kind of lifestyle. And and, uh, and that led to anxiety. That's Uh where my relationship with anxiety happened. And I think learning more about how the brain works through my anxiety journey, really kind of shone a light on what what it means to be well. Mm-hmm. And really, I, I think I discovered then it's not about being well or unwell. It's about in that moment, how are you thinking? How helpful is your thinking pattern? Uh-huh. Um, and I think now the work I do, it's, it's interesting as a coach, you know, I'm not a therapist, mm-hmm. but I am therapeutically trained um, okay. uh, in lots of different, therapies and i see people coming to me that are in different stages of mental health and we have to make a decision as to whether it's appropriate that they work with me okay versus a therapist Therapist. and that's always an interesting kind of conversation what is too broken to Mm. have a conversation Mm. what is too broken to take responsibility for your own thinking what's too broken to kind of change your life yeah um so yeah, in a very roundabout way, that's how I'd answer your question. Transient and um, don't like the labels.
0: Yeah, I think this, the scale thing um, kind of resonates with me a lot. Um, it, like we, It's like with autism, um, you know, everyone, they call it a spectrum because mm-hmm. it's someone, everyone's on that spectrum somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's the same with mental health, that mm-hmm. it's almost like a scale and sometimes it can be on the slightly negative side. For, you know, a month, a year or whatever, or then it can lean over to the other side.
1: Yeah. And interesting, so it's kind of socially acceptable to say you're a little bit on the autistic spectrum, yeah. isn't it? But <laughs> yeah, no yeah. one says, oh, I'm a little bit on the mental health spectrum, <laughs> yeah. you know, or mental illness spectrum. I, but I don't know what else I'd call it. No. I've heard mental wealth kind of liked that. Okay. But it was a bit of a flash in the pan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we need to come up with something better for what we're talking yeah. about.
0: Yeah well-being maybe mental well-being i don't know it's being
1: overused a bit that word yeah
0: yeah i think the the term mental health has got a hell of a a lot attached to it yeah way more than obviously physical health Yeah, because that it feels like physical health encompasses everything in life whereas mental health is very like
1: which um, is interesting because your mental health is just issues in your physical
0: Mm. your brain yeah, which is a part, part, of, your part of your body
1: it's you know it's um, neural connections and actually when you start kind of looking into the neuroscience and how the brain functions it is all just physical connections it's fats it's yep. um, electrodes it's, it's all sorts all of stuff. yeah physical things so it's it's weird that we kind of separate that
0: mm. I think yeah just because of the, the stigma attached to it many yeah so that's kind of poisoned the well um, how did you get into coaching them
1: so that was a kind of two prong thing um i was doing i was doing a lot of kind of uh leadership work and um i, I what i didn't realize was coaching as a manager and, and team coaching with my own own team through my kind of i t career that i had in my um twenties and early thirties but i was also going through my therapy journey so at about um twenty six i went into c b t um and that was specifically for um, GAD and okay. uh, General Anxiety Sort of so yep. Using acronyms um, And Through that process I learned how to Think well And kind of think My way out Of where I was at mm-hmm. And that's You know Essentially What you do when you go to therapy, you learn how to kind of hack the body reactions yeah. that you have, etc And then um, you know, that really it just changed my life. Uh completely changed my life, it opened me up to the wonderful life that I have now. It, you know, got me my husband. Mm-hmm. It got me the career that I wanted and the the friends and everything. And um then I went into coaching because I kind of felt well mm-hmm. um and then um started using a coach myself and just thought, God, I love this. And it's um yeah, I retrained and left my left my job Mm -hmm. um which has been a roller coaster and now I do that full-time and it's um yeah it's wonderful how how
0: many years have you been doing it now
1: um so I retrained uh what was that three four years ago um but full-time two years okay yeah
0: and obviously yeah so you're do you, you much prefer this to the previous work you Oh, God, doing.
1: yeah. It's, it's so much better for my mental well-being okay, for that's... sure. Um, you know, I was working in the type of job where I think I was using it as a coping strategy. I was using work as a coping strategy to not deal with what was going on for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would be there at four in the morning, the only oh, wow. person there. Oh, wow. um, and I think there are certain types of jobs, certainly IT is one of them, where that's acceptable okay um and you know companies start to benefit from you you know doing the work of five people mm-hmm. and they it needs more the more you kind of put into it so yeah there was a lot of space for me to lose myself in in that career um not that I you know I, I regret it at all actually because it's taught me so much and actually everything I do now in my leadership coaching in particular is completely informed by yeah yeah by that experience um but yeah, it's it's a very different different world, and I, I get to work more authentically with a, a wider range of people, um, in in my new job.
0: Yeah, and so with that um working hard mentality, did, mm. was that a thing that ran throughout uh, your like childhood and then oh, yeah. into I guess, yeah? So, you've always so my
1: gone. my first kind of real wobble, um, for want of a better word, yep. was about. 16 17 so i had been a star student okay i had gone to teachers for help they just said get your head down they wanted the grades yeah. you know i was top, in the top three in the school or something mm-hmm. um and it was just shut up and get on with it here's some more work here's a, an extension class to be in here's additional stuff for you to work on you know here's uh, stuff that's two years above you crack on with that and i i got to uh Sixth form, first year of sixth form, and just kind of complete meltdown and okay. left school. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, kind of dropped out, um, much to my mother's dismay at the time, <laughs> <laughs> and the teachers. Yeah,
0: yeah, I bet they lost our star yeah. students. Yeah, well,
1: I was going going to go be a doctor. Oh, really? Uh, or uh, I wanted to go to forensic pathology eventually, but yeah, I was going to go to med school and, mm-hmm. and dropped out and went and did a business admin job, you know, um, and an MBQ. So that was, that was the first time that I realized, wow, I, I kind of have burnt out. Yep. Um, but I, I didn't learn the lesson. No.
0: So <laughs> did you recognize at that age that something was wrong mentally or you, you, you just weren't aware of what could be happening.
1: I think I did because I did go and see um, a doctor around that age, but okay. the, back then it was just kind of throw some drugs at people. Yeah. Um, I think you could, back then you could get three counseling sessions or something on the NHS, but if you didn't turn up, that was kind of All it. Right. Um, so very different to yeah. the the awareness that there is now. Um, and you just didn't talk about it. Like it, you just got on with it. Um mm. So I think that does affect, you might be aware that something's wrong, but I think it does bring a lot of shame and a lot of self-doubt that actually I should just be able to cope with this. Everyone else is coping with this, so yeah. just get on with it. Yep. What's What's different about you?
0: And did your were your parents kind of aware of this? No. They just didn't really get it?
1: No, well, my dad's not around. Okay. Um, and my mum, do you know what? I kind of really felt like she'd she'd really worked hard to bring us up and I just didn't really feel like I could burden her with that Yeah. Um, and again you just feel silly you know because what have you got to worry about yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know because actually it's first world problems isn't it you know that that's how you judge yourself yeah um when you look at everything else that's going on in the world and it's not no um but yeah I think that just it made me filter who I went to
0: okay because the that you know the concept of the first world problem thing um sometimes it can be a very valid concept but also your your brain can't distinguish whether it's a first world problem or you're being chased by a tiger yeah kind of thing so it, like that it's kind of um difficult concept that a lot of people be like oh first world problem don't worry about it yeah it's like your brain can't tell that no, <laughs> no and idea. this is
1: it i mean I, I do quite a lot of work with anxiety mm. um and what i talk about is that kind of primal response and how that same primal response that was going to protect us from a bear in the cave is the primal response we get when our boss emails us at yeah, eight o'clock exactly. at night um and it's that actually understanding that that is a completely natural Reaction, mm-hmm. but it's when it becomes unhelpful yeah. and it's being triggered by the wrong things that you need to kind of get um, get control of it. And I think if I could go back, yeah, and tell myself, yeah, that,
0: <laughs> sit them down,
1: yeah. But why aren't we teaching that? I was, thinking, I know. I was thinking the other day. I think. Get rid of PE lessons. Yeah. In fact, it was when I was listening to your podcast, you were talking about um, uh, sports lessons. Mm-hmm. And I hated sport. I got really badly bullied at school. And I, you oh. know, I wasn't particularly athletic. So yep. PE was just... A nightmare. Yeah, I was like you. Yeah. Um, horrendous. And I was thinking, if you got rid of PE classes and swapped in therapy for every single student, mm-hmm. I reckon the world would be a much better place because you'd go and do your sport outside of school yeah. because you were mentally well and looking after yourself and you'd be kind of supported mentally, socially, developmentally through your schooling. Yeah. So that you were, when you were thrown out into the world, you were a very capable adult that was thinking clearly and healthily.
0: Yeah, it's it's nuts. Like when I was in school, the we had a class called PSHE. Um, I'm not even sure what that stood for, but it was meant to be like the time when you learn about drugs, government sex that kind of stuff mental health Mm -hmm. but you had it like once a fortnight or once a month Mm -hmm. and everyone was like oh it's a dos lesson where you just sit around and do nothing (laughs) and it's just crazy that you're not taught any of I mean I don't know what it's like now it's been a while since I've been in school
1: well and we didn't even have PSHE okay when I I was at school They, they did they just started bringing in some classes for girls that might get pregnant early, okay, you know, yeah, where yeah. they'd kind of make you have a bag of sugar as a baby oh, for yeah, a week. Yeah. But that—that was about as far it. as it went. Yeah, that was that was pretty much it. We we had nothing like that, um, and it was just it was relentless. Apart from PA, everything else was just education, education, yeah. education. Which is when you're in a bad place, mm. ex- extremely dangerous.
0: Definitely. Um. So when you were, when was the kind of second time you felt those feelings that you first experienced when you were 17? See, it
1: changed then. Um, it really changed then. I think I, I didn't really recover properly from that. Mm. Um, certainly didn't go and do any therapy or anything like that. But then it was when I I was in the early stages of my relationship with my husband, um, although I was denying I was in a relationship with him for about five years. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Yeah, I'd got, I think just with the work and everything that was going on there and and, um, just not looking after myself, I got to the point where I didn't know how bad it was. It was my husband saying to me, "Um, you are so anxious, I Mm -hmm. can't live like this. Mm -hmm. Um, So you either need to sort it out or it's over. Yeah, Um, Which... You know, I, that was a real kind of turning point in my life. The kind of there was a part of me that wanted to say, well, you know, sod you, yeah. know, I don't change for no man, kind of thing. But actually, I think it just hit at the right time. I think it was just a tiny little nudge that I needed. And literally, from the following week, I was then in therapy every week for something like six years. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: And that was the time when you were in the IT job, yeah. staying super late, kind of yeah. burning yourself out. Yeah. Did he like pinpoint anything that you were doing that that he realised? Oh, you're you're clearly something's wrong
1: here. Yeah. So my one of my so I'm a Type A personality. Yeah, <laughs> you've probably noticed. So one of my um, symptoms of anxiety is an outward anger and aggression um and i was very suspicious of other people okay i was very judgmental of other people i was very negative um so he he kind of experienced that in everything that we did Uh um and i didn't realize it i just thought it was normal no um it's not until you someone holds the mirror up and i really didn't like what i saw Mm -hmm. because it's not how i felt inside right um and what i realize now is actually that was just a defense mechanism i you know a lot of work through cbt i found i had a real core belief of i'm not good enough Mm. so a tiny little prod or threat to that just kind of sets off that button and i i'm not a flight i'm a fight okay (laughs) (laughs) so and that's you know he 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 didn't want to live like that anymore no so yeah that's fair enough
0: um so was it cbt you predominantly did cbt for the six years yeah you didn't do any other um, therapy
1: No, so I'd studied um, before that in my early 20s in kind of person-centered counselling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed some of the reflection, but just didn't really feel like it was working hard. And I really knew that my anxiety, that the worst bits of it were in the behaviours it was creating, uh, the destructive behaviours. So I, I kind of did my research and decided that actually CBT was right for me because it's it's learning what you're doing, you know, all those logs that you fill in where you're kind of noticing yep. your triggers. And your behaviours, and then it's taking responsibility for kind of changing those behaviours, and then measuring your progress, and then moving on to the next stage. So that's kind of worked for me. I'm a kind of project manager yeah. um, at heart. So yeah, I found that to be really, really useful, and I still use this, the techniques now. Was
0: there a particular technique that at the time you like, or it was like sort of a um, almost like a light bulb moment for you, or anything that you really?
1: Yeah. stood out for you yeah so i remember my therapist giving me a kind of sheet of unhelpful thinking habits uh-huh. and it had things on there like black and white thinking catastrophization yeah making mountains out of molehills oh, yeah. um judge judging people predicting the future you mm-hmm. know where you just know what's going to happen yeah. um and and i think there was about 20 on there. And I think I was doing about 19. Oh, right, um, Yeah, it was really bad. There was only one I wasn't doing. I can't remember which one that was. But yeah, it really kind of hit home. So I just kind of took this worksheet out of this therapy session going, Oh, my God, look at all these things that I do that aren't normal. Yeah. Um, and then it was the, the slow work of chipping through each mm-hmm. of those behaviors and working out where they'd come from. Um, and then, you know, trying to rebuild myself into what I wanted to be, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I've done C, I've done CBT, um, uh, like exposure therapy, mm-hmm. and then for a bit I was doing acceptance and commitment therapy. Oh, yeah. Uh, just I was drawn to that because I like the concept of mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. And now I just see a counselor when and when I feel, uh, like I need it really. Mm-hmm. Um, do which you, which
1: did you find most useful out of those?
0: Um, The very first kind of therapy I went into was when I was 19 and I was at university and uh, I'd gone through like um, I basically it was the first three months of uni where I was drinking a hell of a lot, Mm -hmm. um, staying up way too late and then getting up at like 2 p.m. and then not seeing the sun, terrible diet, all those kinds of things. And in the end, it just culminated into when I went home for Christmas, I was just in a really bad way. Um, So I made some changes, Like I stopped drinking. I changed what I was eating. And I went to the doctors and one, they put me on antidepressant. Two, they said, let's, you can actually start doing therapy now. Mm-hmm. And the first person I saw, I didn't get much from, but I think it's because I wasn't willing to put the effort in. Mm-hmm. Um, I still didn't really understand the whole concept of mental health because I hadn't been taught about it. Or I knew that I was like a nervous person or anxious, I suppose maybe the word I would use, it, use there. But um, I don't know, I just wasn't willing to put the work in. So then I left it and then two years later I went back and did basically sort of I think he was a CBT but it was basically counseling and I I personally find I get the most out of counseling yeah um just because I find it very helpful to talk to someone and they don't really have to say anything much but they say a few things and then it that will it will kind of make sense in my head what I couldn't make sense of before It's Just the way my mind seems to work um so of all of them counseling is probably my favorite Mm -hmm. I've learned great techniques in all of the other ones um but like acceptance and commitment therapy was super expensive. <laughs> was it? But I've I've done the NHS stuff, which has been great. I've had two separate ones, um, and now I just see someone who I've kind of built a relationship with, and yeah. it's just good to have that person who is a professional that you can go to and chat to.
1: Yeah, and you know, someone that can create a space that's safe for you. Yeah, I mean, I. I now, I have a coach, um, mm. I also have a coaching supervisor, so that's like a super coach that I have to take my caseload to, but I also will still see my therapist, but maybe once every six months, eight months, just for a little bit of an MOT. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I know he's there, yeah, and I can need. dial it yeah. up if I need him. So That's, that's the nice
0: thing. When we were talking about the mental health and the physical health, I kind of view it as, so I have my ther- uh, counsellor, then I have a semi sort of personal trainer around the corner from here, mm-hmm. Stuart Peach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and now I'm seeing nutritionist and it's kind of like combining the mental and the physical health yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like people don't, I don't know. You don't really think of having, it's almost like I have the teachers in my life kind of thing that I just pop to whenever I, I feel necessary to, to go to. And I think that's a, something most people are lacking. I'm fortunate. I can now, I can afford that. Like yeah. I don't have, you know, family or my bills aren't that much or anything like that. So I can do it now anyway. Um, but, yeah, I think it's kind of lost. The kind of sense of community is is a little bit lost at the moment mm-hmm. where you don't really have the mentors. That's kind of the word I was looking for, mentors. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's just something I was thinking about when I went to see a nutritionist. So I was like, oh, I've got, like, the holy trinity of um, <laughs> help now. Gurus. <Goose. laughs> yeah. Um, so when you started out coaching... Mm-hmm. Did it start out as business coaching or life coaching or just like a mix?
1: Uh, A mix. Mm -hmm. Um, I must admit, I've kind of focused for the first year, I focused a lot on the life coaching. Um, because I kind of just needed a little bit of space from the leadership side yeah. of things I really needed to get some some distance from that um, and then I've, I'm doing more actually I'm do- the thing is it, it's all the same um, so I do exactly the same work whether I'm working with a leader an exec a, a retiree a return to work mum oh. we just call it something different from a marketing perspective yeah because it's all people right yeah um, but I, what I enjoy about the life coaching side is that it's so varied I can be you know it might be a 25 year older wants to discover their purpose one session and then it might be a retiree trying to work out and mm. then retirement the next mm-hmm. um and i love that and um you know i love being able to support people and the kind of change that you see people create yeah in that space is incredible there's people that you know, I was coaching a few years ago that we're coaching around relationships or finding relationships that are now getting married. Yeah, and like, that must be super nice to see. It really is. And I look back at all those years I spent four in the morning sorting yeah. out software. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Um, so I think I find that really, really rewarding. Not so good from a financial perspective because as you say, you know, yeah. it's, it's expensive when you're self-funding. Um, but I do find I'm doing more with Uh, small businesses uh, kind of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. that is a mix of life and business because they're trying to decide you know what kind of business is congruent to me what do I you know how do I make this work for me and you know fit in with my lifestyle Um, and the leadership stuff has come in um, from kind of last year where I do one-to-one stuff again it's the same it's usually Uh self-belief how am I showing up how am I communicating what's my leadership style Um, and dealing with the challenges and issues that we all deal with when we're in those kind of corporate jobs um and uh yeah and, and working with teams as well kind of helping them to work better together mm-hmm. as a as a whole mm-hmm. um and c- communicate better so yeah it's a real a real mix
0: is there like a particular kind of template you would use for the first session um for whether it's a someone who's retiring or someone who wants to be a better leader in their work um. are there any are there any techniques you use just because personally like I don't have any um understanding or experience of coaching okay so I just kind of wondered and I'm, I don't know if many people do um, yeah
1: I don't think they do and that's it makes it really difficult to sell it when people don't know what yeah
0: because <laughs> there's obviously like this kind of thing around the concept of um a life coach and I think it just draws up I think a lot of kind of um Americanisms, kind of like um... hippies
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and you know i get some people ringing me up going can you tell me how to have a great life and i'm like no no yeah it doesn't work (laughs) no so i i think how i would explain it is it's just helped to think um so i wouldn't necessarily have a have a template because it would depend on what people want to work on but where particularly in the life coaching space where i generally work is let's understand what your value base is what's important to you what your priorities are Um, and that gives us a bit of a compass to help navigate Mm -hmm. where we're going Mm -hmm. and um, other decisions that we're going to make um i might use i do use kind of psychotherapeutic techniques and exercises so i might use um visualization exercises to help people build out resources Mm -hmm. um so if i'm working with confidence i might do exercises where i get people to kind of visualize where they were confident and then we mine those those um uh, experiences for data on you know what is it that they've got to bring to the party and how can we more mindfully kind of apply that to a future scenario and then we practice it and we report back we learn from it and then we apply it to the the next thing but i don't do any telling okay it's all pulling Okay. Yeah. yeah,
0: that that's what I like about counseling personally yeah. is that it's no they're not telling me how to live my life. Yeah. I'm telling them about my life and then they might push me in One direction without me realising. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, they might push me in the other direction.
1: Yeah, or you think they're pushing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of if you're not even aware. Yeah, Yeah. that's the
0: thing. Your brain's like, oh, yeah, Yeah. they want me to go down this angle. Yeah,
1: it's funny I because sometimes I'll be working with a client and they'll be kind of off doing their thinking and talking and they say, yeah, I see what you're saying. And yeah, you suggested I should do that. And and I'm like, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I just asked you a question and you came up with that. Yeah. Um, Which is the magic.
0: Yeah, it is. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this person is an absolute wizard. Yeah. How did they like managed to push me in the right direction or what it seems like the right direction yeah anyway. but
1: you're the wizard yeah
0: well yeah every, everyone's their own wizard
1: you do have a bit of potter about <laughs> yeah <him. laughs> i get
0: that a lot <laughs> yeah it, yeah that's that's been a running theme last halloween um i dressed up as harry potter and my friend two of my mates dressed up as hermione and um Epic. and uh Ron. Did so I got Ron? use out of the, uh, I we grabbed some sticks outside okay. and just snapped him. Um, <laughs> so the, yeah, it, it, that's a, a running thing. <laughs> so yeah, I am really a wizard. I'm just waiting for my letter to go in. Yeah. <laughs> um, has your, actually, no, one question I wanted to ask was, so you've been doing it for like four years now, you say? Mm-hmm. Have you noticed... A general increase in the, guess, like the industry of coaching of, has there been an increase in, especially companies wanting their employees to have coaching?
1: Yeah, there is. Um, I still, I I think a lot of them, they don't call it coaching. They call it leadership development or management training. So I still think there's a lot of stigma.
0: Yeah, management training, I wouldn't even, like... Leadership training, maybe, mm-hmm. but management training, I wouldn't see even linked yeah. to the concept
1: Well, of you know, I spend a lot of my time training managers to use a coaching approach with how they're managing their team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it would be called manager training yeah um oh, yeah. so yeah I, I i think there is less so in sme and i'd really like to see more smes investing in that because i think for the money some of these companies spend on their their christmas parties mm. and their their well-being activities yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like to see less yoga classes in the office and more investment in people's thinking and, yeah. and mental health
0: certainly get annoyed with um how especially it's really seen to be the bigger companies that they think that they can have like fruit bowl Fridays yeah. and that, that strip fixes everyone's stress yeah. levels and all that kind of yeah.
1: stuff. Yeah. And it's all, I think it's all part of the mix. Don't get me wrong. I think it's really important to have those things. And you know, if people are working long hours, then do put a, put a yoga class on at lunchtime. That is really, really important, but it's not instead of making sure that people have the support that they need to to think and to develop you know you kind of particularly in management and leadership you just kind of you get good at a job Mm. and you get promoted into this role where you're responsible for other people's development and you don't know anything about how to do that
0: (laughs) yeah that's something that's like always in the back of my mind because at the moment I'm not in a management role Mm -hmm. but I mean I spoke to my boss and he's great with it all um But, yeah, for me to be a manager of someone else sounds scary because I've never had to manage another human being. Yeah. (laughs) And it's i get it's something that you learn on the job which i think is a bit strange sometimes and it's it,
1: appalling really yeah. isn't it because
0: <laughs> yeah, that's when the, a lot of the stress issues come in because you have a manager that doesn't know how to manage it's yeah. not their fault because yeah. they're never taught
1: and how many terrible managers have you had you know and actually yeah. no one turns up to do a shit job they didn't turn up to be a rubbish manager no they're just like the same as everyone else no idea what they doing. yeah absolutely but there's a fruit bowl so it's all good. Cool. <laughs> yeah you know <laughs>
0: Or maybe like one one day a year, you'll get a day off to go do some charity work. and yeah, that will fulfill your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have Good you found plan. that um, through your years of coaching that you have learned techniques yourself mm. to improve your mental health? Yeah,
1: totally, totally.
0: Uh, so it's kind of like a therapy for yourself almost when yeah. helping other people.
1: Yeah, and you know the coach training, it's I would say it's probably about. theory, 80% sorting your own shit out, Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of lots of crying and tears. (laughs) emotional kind of practicing and stuff um and as a result I kind of it gives you a lifted perspective that's how I would describe it so it doesn't mean I'm perfect by any imagination I'm still um yeah hanging on by thread at times (laughs) um but it it gives me an understanding of social dynamics and I can reflect back and go okay so what happened there and use my kind of knowledge of that to understand it and build my kind of armory of tools mm-hmm. that I've got the next time round. so notoriously coaches are really difficult to coach oh really <laughs> yeah because you just know it all yeah I guess that's kind of difficult <laughs> yeah
0: has there been um has it almost had of some occasions has it almost had the opposite effect I'm always interested with mm. um therapists and coaches how you don't take on the other person's feelings yeah. or because if you're seeing regularly people who are maybe doubting themselves, like you start questioning, oh, should I be doubting myself kind of thing? Yeah. Um, do you deal with that by seeing your own coach kind of thing? Does that help? Or is-
1: Yeah. So that's what I see my supervisor for okay. um, to make sure that my stuff isn't getting in the way. Yeah. But interesting. So I'm a, a systemically trained coach, which what we're always looking for is indications as to what might be going on we call it in that person's systems but if i so if i'm sat and feeling like lots of self-doubt as i'm working with a client i know to notice that Mm -hmm. and not own it Mm -hmm. and question where is that coming from who does it belong to in the system yeah because it's probably an indication of how that person's feeling so it's a useful piece of data for us to work with rather than it's my stuff okay um so i would take that to my supervisor and we talk about it and we look at it from a kind of top down rather than being in it we we kind of lift our perspective to kind of understand and get some data as to what's uh, going that's, on
0: that's yeah that's really interesting mm. because I don't know for me I um I kind of I absorb like um I always say vibes in a room mm-hmm. I don't know if it sounds too no, <laughs> a- a- no, no. A hippie-ish, but like um I've always found that I can tell if someone feels particularly so if they're anxious but they're not outwardly showing it maybe because i've experienced it myself yeah um and sometimes it's it's quite tiring to yeah. to be that person that someone comes to all the time of that kind of stuff yeah. so it, i think it, i think it's super important that everyone has like you know when bill gates said he wanted a computer in every home yeah my my kind of vision is that i want everyone to have access to a therapist i agree if they want to and hopefully yeah. they will choose to mm-hmm. um because it's just huge it just helps so much yeah and again because of the stigma attached to it but in america interestingly it's see your therapist like, like a lot of podcasts i listen to of like celebrities they all say oh i you know i see a therapist yeah but you don't really hear that in the uk unless you're in an environment like we are here now with because we're, we're speaking about mental health yeah and we are being open about it yeah but no people would still... be like oh i'm just going down to like there it took me a long time for my to say to my friends yeah if I was going to a therapist and even they were like, do you want to go to the pub? I'd be like, oh, I can't, um Busy on busy. seeing family.
1: Yeah, hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, t- I remember that day where I first told anyone other than my husband that I was seeing really? someone. Yeah, it was a really big moment, mm. really emotional. But then after that, I learned the more people I told, the more told you back. Exactly. And you get these amazing connections with yeah, people yeah. that you just didn't have before. But it's it's yeah, that's a, still a real issue. Because in America, you get people that negotiate having a coach in their contract.
0: Really. Yeah. Oh, wow. Whereas
1: over here. I'm still, you know, I've still snuck into buildings, you really? know, to meet with leaders and, you know, meeting people around the corner in restaurants and stuff. You know, it's um and and confidentiality is such a huge thing and I respect it, mm. um, but I think that's fascinating. What are we hiding from? That's yeah, crazy. I, I I look up to someone that's willing to um invest mm. in making sure their brain is fit. Yeah. In the same, same way, way that I do, Physical. people that go to the gym. Yeah.
0: Because I, I I kind of have a thing with I had a thing before with therapy when I was like oh you go to therapy, it's because you're weak and you can't handle things yeah. yourself. But uh, I remember my therapist saying, she was like, you're sat in a room and you're facing these issues, yeah. whereas you could be going away, you know, drinking or whatever, using other coping mechanisms. Yeah. And this is way way harder. And I was like, oh yeah, I've never viewed it that way. Like this this isn't fun. I'm not doing this for a laugh. No. This is like gruesome stuff. Yeah,
1: it's grim, and it's consistently hard work. I mean, I don't know um, what your experience was, but certainly mine, because it was CBT as well. There was always a worksheet, and it was you know there was was always a notepad with me, and every single interaction, I'm questioning, I'm double checking, I'm writing writing it down, and then I have to review it and go through it in detail, and Mm. you know it was. Hard, hard work. Exhausting stuff. And not for the faint-hearted. No.
0: And akin to going, getting a personal trainer and really pushing yourself in the gym. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just strange. Well, it's it's changed a lot and it will only change... I am very positive that... Um, it will become a thing that well
1: if people like you keep doing stuff like this <laughs> and you need to recognise that you are being the change you want to see with that so I think yeah. I wanted to say that having listened to your podcast I think congratulations thank on you being a part of the solution um, I think if more of us start being more open and just really casual about it yeah 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 just like when you're good. down
0: the pub yeah. with your mates just have a chat or yeah. you know wherever because yeah. um, the very first podcast I did was my best friend of we'd, we've been friends since we were three years old yes um and that was probably the most genuine chat we've had about mental health. Yeah. I and it was via that. a like a podcast.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so and then you you soon find out that someone I don't know if I've told the story when I went for a job interview last year. Um, and I had first like, one round with one bloke. He came in he was kind of like nerdy and quiet. He was a really nice guy. And then another guy came in who would have been my boss, like the other guy's boss as well. Um, and he came in, he started taking the mick out of him and he was like, oh, did, I can't remember his name, Ed bore you to death with all this stuff. And immediately I was like, don't like you, don't want to work for you. <laughs> um, and he also had like quite a Jack the Lab mentality, which I've always like put off by. Yeah. And um, there, oh, we had a chat and it was it was kind of standard boring stuff. And then he was like, oh, I saw your website. Um, and he's like, I just want to say that I had like basically a huge mental health breakdown a couple years ago after my divorce um I was on the brink of suicide and then I started to get into fitness and that kind of saved me and then I've made this website all about mental health and fitness and I'm trying to get especially men talking about it and I just sat there like oh I've judged you way way too early
1: yeah
0: um yeah so you can never tell no you can and when you do open up like that we would never have had that discussion if
1: Mm
0: -mm. he hadn't have seen the website
1: yeah totally uh, so you've 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 allowed someone quite macho who was obviously kind of trying to show off yeah have a space yeah 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 talk about it just from doing this
0: yeah and it's been a great it was a great savior when I did loads of job interviews last year because you know interviews can be very much like not there's not really two humans talking mm-hmm. it's just like a challenge almost the way I viewed it but on all of the interviews this project would come up and eventually someone would say oh yeah my cousin or whatever experienced this kind of thing mm. and it would just turn the the conversation onto a human level yeah um which was great for me because I don't I'm not good at um just kind of like bullshitting basically <laughs>
1: the small talk, requires the small to build talk a, I, rapport. no I'm so that's
0: that's the term I was looking for <laughs> I just have no time for it um I just kind of... I want to talk to them on a human level. Yeah.
1: Do you find, though, that you get a bit too deep too quickly? Yeah, I definitely can. Yeah, me
0: um, too. I, I found that with, like, um, dating. Like, I don't want to know... I want to know, like, what's your biggest fear? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. I don't care, like, whether you like to go skiing or yeah. whatever. How
1: many brothers is this? Is yeah. It? yeah.
0: So I have to... Yeah, I do. I have to monitor that and draw it back. And it's the same with in professional environments when I go meet clients. Yeah. Uh, or if I have a... Uh, if we're at, like, a show or something... I can't just go straight in and be like, how did your father treat you? Yeah. <laughs> <kind
1: of thing. laughs> yeah. But I find that, and you were saying earlier about how you kind of pick up from people. Yeah, and I think... It's interesting when you've been through this and you start reading about it and learning about it, you do have a lot more data points. So you notice stuff that other people don't notice. Mm. And I, I certainly do. And I, I, I'm i kind of always like, oh, okay, they've got a terrible relationship <laughs> with their father, clearly. There's something playing out there. Yeah. Um, and I kind of just want to go there with everyone. And mm. you can't you can't no. just do that with some random. No.
0: But the conversations you have that are like this or, or when you... I just find so much like more stimulating and yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but it can. It, I find I kind of find myself getting too intense too quickly yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sure. And I would sometimes I do just want to talk about the weather, but I'm not very good at it. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just too tired. Like yeah. someone, I could tell they really because I'm kind of the mental health guy, and they'd be like, they they kind of want to start chatting about it, and I'd be yeah. like, nah, I yeah, yeah, not I can't
1: feeling it. People, today. Just sit
0: in silence. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just have that recharge time. <laughs> um, so are there? So we usually ask. I usually ask. We. It's only me. Um, are there any things you do in particular to look after your mental health, maintain your mental health? And that can extend to physical health as mm. well because it's all just one being.
1: One thing, yeah. No, there is. Um, so I use gratitude um, journaling when I'm not feeling so good. Yeah. Um, I literally have, I think it's called Happy Feed. I've got a little app on my phone and it's just writing down three things, last thing I do before I go to bed that I'm grateful for that day. And it sounds so... Uh, millennial <laughs> yeah snowflake yeah it, is, it does sound snowflakey but it's um it's genuinely you finish the day no matter how bad your day has been finding those three positive things to look at and that, and that problem with that kind of cycle that you get into when you're in a bad place is that everything kind of snowballs mm-hmm. and it cuts through that yeah in such a light touch way without too much thought or effort and leaves you on a positive before you go to sleep so it does help you sleep and I always feel so much better the next day that I wake up and if I do it um you know uh every, every day mm-hmm. um it does really it kind of snowballs the other way
0: so is that three things you were grateful for yeah. in general from that day or just like in general? from that day yeah
1: so I would usually try and have one that's about my husband mm-hmm. one that's about me mm-hmm. and one that's just about my my day to so just try and keep my own frame about myself about my relationship and my life okay that's in a good place
0: that's a good idea i think because i've done that as well um my thing was the therapist said you write down three positives of the day and then in the morning i think i did it anyway but um just kind of write down three things you're grateful for mm-hmm. but when If you haven't focused, like, to have a structure is far easier. So if you focus on the day is okay, or for you to have, like, almost three categories. Because, like, with the gratitude thing, it's quite quite scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's quite, like, when you go in with, like, that broad... Yeah.
1: Well, you end up going. I'm grateful for food and grateful for sunshine. You know, and actually, you run out. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas me, you know, it might just be um, something really tiny. So I was grateful that I managed to get a parking space Mm. outside that place. The things you overlook. Yeah. Oh, there's your ginger. Oh, there's basil. Hey, basil. (laughs) That's so funny.
0: Just staring at me.
1: Oh, I wonder if him and my new cat will meet.
0: Maybe. (laughs) Maybe guns and basil.
1: Yeah. (laughs) He's meowing away. Um and so I also I sing. Okay. Um and you know, tabs will tell you about the benefits of of singing. Mm. There is so much um to be gained from just getting some air in your lungs, um doing something just because it's fun. Yeah. Um and the hormonal reaction that you get from singing. Um so I I try and I try and sing as much as I can when I'm just kind of pottering around. Okay. Um but uh, that is usually kind of overshadowed by my other relaxation technique, which is a bit weird, but it's listening to um, True Murder podcasts. Okay. Which I just find.
0: It's, it's a real, like, it's a big market. It, so obviously it's a big people market, really
1: but um, I heard you saying about, you know, feeling like you can't watch Peaky Blinders. Oh, yeah, to be
0: careful of what I consume. I'm
1: like the opposite. I, really? I, the more guts oh, and wow. intestines there are. <laughs> <laughs> the better and I just it just takes me to another place and really helps me that's, that's relax. interesting yeah
0: I have um so I like to um do paint by numbers there's one yes, up I there saw that little there's uh, but huge. I like I, I always do it whilst listening to a podcast um okay, yeah and some of them it's like uh, there's a spy espionage it's called so it's kind of like semi-stressful but for I kind of it just yeah, it kind of just relaxes me completely. Yeah, I don't know well, it just it takes is.
1: you to another world. Yeah, I you don't think. have
0: to worry about whatever's going on in your yeah.
1: world. Yeah, and I think there's something about podcasts. There's something about your hearing. Mm. Um, you know, you have to you are seeing in your mind's eye. So yeah. I think it's stimulating a creativity. Yeah. which you're not necessarily using when you're in task mode yeah. and kind of just doing stuff and getting on with life. So I think that's what I enjoy about it. But mm. it is becoming a little bit of an obsession. I basically just listen to, if I go to the loo, I stick my murder podcast <laughs> card on. My husband always says if he disappears um in suspicious circumstances, it was me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's told all his friends. Yeah,
0: I mean, you'll know all the tricks of oh, the yeah. trade now.
1: Oh, Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I won't be in the country if he does get murdered, yeah. that's for sure. You see
0: it breaking news, <laughs> yeah. <just> Tracy James. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much for coming on and discussing
1: things
0: mental health. Thank you for having me.